0: The Hustle Share podcast is sponsored by Shoppable Business, your number one source for procuring products for your business in the Philippines. Discover authentic branded products online, shop bulk, save big, and secure authentic products with official sales invoices at Shoppable Business today. The Hustle Share podcast is brought to you by Union Digital Bank a fully digital bank with a mission to empower every Filipino everywhere by providing easy access to digital financial services for consumers and businesses. Union Digital Bank partners with startups to co-create financial products to meet the needs of their customers. Contact Union Digital Bank to explore how they can power your platform with embedded financial services. For more information about Union Digital Bank, please see their website at www.uniondigitalbank.io. Stay updated by following them on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Also brought to you by PayMongo, the payment gateway for business growth. PayMongo allows your business to accept online payments from your customers through Visa, MasterCard, Gcash, GrabPay, Maya, online banking, Buy Now, Pay Later, and many more, all with just one platform. Sign up for free at paymongo.com. And brought to you by SeatCap. SeekCap is a lending platform powered by UBX Philippines. With SeekCap, you can easily apply for a loan from 5,000 pesos up to 1 million pesos from the comfort of your own home nationwide. Visit www.seekcap.ph, sign up and apply for a loan now. That's www.seekcap.ph. Take your business to new heights by seeking capital with SeekCap.
1: Really the big goal? is to create a learning runway to help people become really good self-teachers. It's not a learning track where, okay, come to our courses forever. It's come join this community and become a better and better self-teacher. So learn how to learn with people who are doing the same thing or maybe are a little bit further on that journey than you.
0: Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here is your host, Ronster Betion.
2: Welcome to the latest episode of Share Podcast. We finally got these guys. Apologies if we to had two false starts. Um, again, I'm super duper happy that we are representing people from the south, not just from from southern Manila. Okay, we're talking about all the way down south, to Queen City. And Central Visayas again. Very, very interesting. I saw you guys posted lately on Startup PH and super interested to do a deep dive. But without further ado, let's welcome to the show, Mr. Eli Harrell and Gladys Malarca of Emerge PH. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you.
3: Thank you so much, Ron, sir, for having us.
2: All right. Again, super, super excited. I've seen, I've I've been doing a bit of, of research and I want to understand more why Emerge VH plays a very vital role. But before I get carried away, I need to ask you the million dollar question. Guys, what's your hustle? Our hustle is
1: inspiring and supporting. We want to inspire and support 5 million Filipinos by 2030 to take ownership, extreme ownership of their own lifelong learning.
2: And personal growth. Nice. 5 million. I don't know what number you're at, but that's a very ambitious goal. It's a significant chunk of people that need to take ownership on their personal growth. So that's really good. But before I get carried away, before we talk about hunting those 5 million Filipinos that need help, I need y'all to buckle up. And B- there's no backling up. I need you to buckle <laughs> up. <laughs> what is wrong in my tongue of day? Because we're going to have to ride. The Hustle Share Time Machine. All right. you guys are based in Cebu, right? Is it Cebu or Dumaguete?
1: We were in Cebu. I was there in nine
2: years. Gladys grew up there. Um, But we're in Dumaguete since April. Ah, nice. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Amazing. So again, Central Visayas, Western Visayas. I don't know which border is Dumaguete in, but I know it's in Negros Island. Yeah. There. Okay. There you go. Sounds good. So, okay. What I want to understand before we start is we go all the way back to your origin story. So I'll start with Gladys. Gladys, I'm literally looking at your LinkedIn. But before you even look at the the LinkedIn stuff, what was growing up like? And uh, what was your first attempts in hustling? Or did you have any influence in hustling growing up?
3: Yeah, so I... I came from a poor background, live literally in like a squatters area, became a single mom at a very young age. Mm -hmm. And I thought life is just there. I'm going to be stuck there. But the moment I shift my mindset into thinking that I probably can, I've watched people grew themselves, even from the struggle from the ground up. And if they can do it, maybe I can too. Mm -hmm. So I started Like just pursuing what I'm really passionate about, which first is teaching. I couldn't afford to put myself in college because I'm already providing for my kids. So I acquired courses and I was able to do that. And then I intentionally started looking for people who can really inspire me and I can learn from. And that's when I get to connect with Eli. And that's how our story of partnership evolve and begin as well. And he had this vision of Emerge that I was so inspired about. And I'm so happy that I was the one who ignited and started Emerge, like I said.
2: That's amazing. And before we start, we we jump on to Eli. Again, uh, being a single mom is a hustle. I was raised by a single mom. Okay, so everything that I do till now and I... uh, And what what fueled me in my startup hustle and a startup life is basically inspired and implanted with me through my mom, right? So that's a a grind. But can I I just do a deep dive on that? You mentioned that you came from a poor background. My mom came from that too. And she did everything to put me in positions for us to have social mobility, right? To level up a little Mm -hmm. bit. And she hustled her ass every day. Again, that's why I was like, if if my mom, whenever I feel like I'm, I want to quit, if my mom hustled through, who the hell am I to to, to not do that? But describe what was that grind like before you had that epiphany of, Hey, I need to change my mindset. What was your life pre that moment and describe the struggle? Because I, I understand that I came from that too. So yeah, would you, what was the grind? What was the hustle like? And how is it different than what you are now?
3: Yeah. So the hustle is like what food I can bring to the table. Like I work as a call center agent. So not sleeping in the evening Mm. and in the morning after I work, I would still do an online tutorial and journey. So like really doing a lot of job, acquiring a lot of job just to make sure that I can provide enough for the family. And even during those times, it's still not even enough. Like maybe I could provide for their needs, but my needs is not yeah. being met. My need to, to relax, my need to have a healthy lifestyle and health, those were not met at all. Yeah. So I've reached that burnout feeling and yeah. that really triggers to like, there's needs to be a change that I need to do. And just simple as changing mindset was very pivotal for me.
2: Right now, in terms of that mindset, before again, just just uh, dabbling mm-hmm. to the, I want to I wanted to uh, see the difference and the shift in mindset. Right at that stage, I remember my mom was just really just making ends meet. She's like, "Oh, we made it, hand to mouth existence. Yeah. We just uh, clear the 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 next milestone after milestone." But what kept you going? Because again, a lot of the needs that you you needed were not met. But you kind of had no choice the same way my mom did. But how did you keep going? What was the main motivation to keep plowing through at that stage?
3: I would say my kids were really a blessing in disguise as well, even though I got them so early and I get a lot of judgment for that. They were my anchor. They were my strength to keep me going. Like If I feel like giving up, doesn't want to wake up and go to work, I look at my kids and I thought, I'm not living just for myself. I am now living for these two little ones who, you know, who look up to me and see me as their hero, see me as their strength. So I need to be strong as well. So that was like my the fire that really, you know, keep me going.
2: Okay, last question before we jump to Eli. <laughs> I want to understand. So you worked in a call center. I also worked mm-hmm. in a call center. The reason why I talk like this, I was not born and raised in Outside of this country, I was a pure purebred Filipino, but um, I got I got this uh, skill through uh, the BPO industry. But what were the skills you learned and what you mastered? Because again, through that struggle, mm-hmm. there's still room to to grow. You just don't Not realize like it sometimes because you're so busy just trying to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. But what were those foundational skills that you had to to really build, or what you acquired through that call center grant?
3: Yeah, I realized that I am very compassionate and understanding towards other people. It really allowed me to broaden my perspective as well that, you know, we have a lot of issue here in the Philippines that we complain about. And listening to my U.S. clients, they complain about little Thanks.
2: Personal problems.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I realized that, well, at least I, I focus on like really heavy problems. And there's still a lot of things that I could be grateful for. And also it allows me to view a different perspective of the outside world. I've never had any experience traveling abroad during that time. But through having a conversation from people outside the Philippines, it gives me a wider view of the world. It's like more clearer view of, you know, what what's it like to live in other country or what other perspective do they have? And start questioning my own perspective as a Filipino as well. What are the things that still serve me and doesn't serve me anymore? So those were like the kind of question and realization that I had working
2: that is amazing and again they, they what they call i remember when they were training at in the call center it's just empathy technically <laughs> put yourself in other people's shoes and try to solve it for them that's it okay thank you so much lattice but again eli i want to understand um again where I, I want to find out your origin story where did you grow up how did what was it like hustling or were, was there any influence that you got when gro- growing up and trying to hustle
1: yeah, so uh, pretty unusual background, even though. So I'm from the U.S., right? I was the eldest of eight kids. Ooh, you're my the par- p- yeah. There you go. <laughs> and my parents were entrepreneurs, and at the same time, they nice. homeschooled us. So, wow. Yeah, so I did not where grow at.
2: Up. Now, I'm curious which state.
1: Uh, well, I uh, was born in California, but when when I was seven, we moved to Atlanta, Georgia. So I grew up in the southeast town, baby. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I wasn't. Raised on the traditional education to employment path, where you know everything's all about the degree and the diploma. Okay, I was kind of raised as an entrepreneur, okay. and working in my parents' business, uh, also working with my dad all the time against my will to help take care of all the kids my parents had. Okay, I worked really hard as a teenager, but I, I learned I learned some things about business. But then I also saw a lot of mistakes my parents made in business. So, I guess the two themes that come out of that is that i've I've really always kind of been an entrepreneur because I've, and yeah, a lot of lot of hustles in my teen years. Um, mm. I've been in network marketing. I've done wow. a lot of sales. I've done most construction trades, kind of a lot of different things. Um, but I also became a self-teacher because mm. I hated the stuff I was learning in the homeschooling stuff that I was doing. It was just terrible. And I realized like everything kind of looking back, I realized everything I've ever learned that became part of me was something I taught myself, something I got curious about. And then I went, you know, and pursued it on my own. Um, So I've I've really, over my lifespan, I think I've become a big advocate of learning, being autonomous and
2: self-teach, you know, just like voluntary. Mm. Especially in in entrepreneurship, right? There's no playbook. If you are doing a business and there's already a gazillion playbooks on how to do it, Exactly. You're you too late. That means that's a red ocean. And a lot of the, the core skill, and I love that you talked about it, in very early, uh, that, that's really helpful as an entrepreneur. It doesn't matter what personality you have. is persuasion. So you got to have to persuade people whether they want to work with you, they want to buy from you or whatever. And number two is the ability to learn because nobody's going to teach you that. Right? You have to be a self-starter, a self-learner, and you need to be able to learn fast and take action. Right? But... I want to understand uh, one thing because I've had so many guests here before, uh, Eli, where as parents or, or as kids of entrepreneurs, they're just indelible things that they carry till now because entrepreneurship is not just talked about at home, but it's being done. What were those things? So you said, you mentioned there were mistakes, but what were those things that you that you carried on learning from your parents because they were hustlers and entrepreneurs as well? I guess...
1: One of the big ones is just not relying on a false sense of security of, of a job and just like going through life where it's the norm that if it's going to be, it's up to me. It's kind of like there's there's not that security blanket of a paycheck and relying on which is false, right? Because you never know when that's you never know when the company you work for is gonna get acquired or closed down or you're gonna lose your job for some reason you didn't expect. But I think a lot of people are just it's not really good for us to be so reliant on mm. an outside source of survival, and when you grow up as an entre- in an entrepreneurial family, you just recognize that that's the norm. Like if we don't mm. if we don't make this work, we're gonna have to struggle until we make something else work. Right? We're, we're probably gonna survive.
2: Yeah, you're gonna make it, uh, and because you have the ability to do that. And again, I'll echo what uh, Kevin O'Leary, or aka Mr. Wonderful in Shark Tank, said that a salary is a drug they give you to forget your about your dreams. If you're able to find out that, you know what, at the end of the day, you're going to hustle anyway. But if you're in control of your own destiny, then you, again, that false sense of security that a salary gives you literally is just marginal. Because if you really know how to hustle, yes, it's scary as hell, by the way. <laughs> yes. There is a, Every day. There's a, everything is scary because again, you don't have a nine to five to back it up. You're going to have to basically earn your keep every single time. Not just yours, but everybody that works for, for you exactly. and with you. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, once you accept that as a norm, eh, it's all good. You, you get to hustle. So in the very first hustles, what were those like uh, hustling back back home? Uh, so you said uh, you you did a lot of stuff. Uh, I want to understand the very first things that you also did until you decided to go all the way here. Very first? Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. My very first job, I was
1: shoveling. Is it okay if I say shit? I yeah, was shoveling absolutely. horse <laughs> I was shoveling horse crap out of out of stalls at a farm. That was my very wow. first job when I was like 13. The first wow. hustle that I can remember, mm-hmm. there was this product called Dry wash and Guard, which was a waterless car wash in a bottle where you could you anyway, I won't get into it, but uh-huh. some friends of ours were selling this product and he I was probably 15, 16. Mm. And I used to stand in parking lots and look for really dirty cars and ask people if I could show them something. And I would just clean a square on their car. Mm. And it was amazing. Like their car would look so good in that one spot. And I would either I actually would um, sell my own services as a car detailing, you know, just like cleaning their car while they're in the in the grocery store. Yep. Especially oh. in the south, where it's humid, <laughs> yeah. a lot of
2: organic Rains material. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: when always... you say hustle, I, I really think of that one. <laughs> nice,
2: nice. Okay, now after that, again. Um, so again, you, you you're a doer at, uh, at this point. What led you to just uh, come through? Because I'm looking at your LinkedIn again. You you were then you became founder and CEO of. Am I, am I, I hope I'm not butchering this name, but am I, am I getting it right? Apalachee yeah, yeah. hardwood yep. floors. So you did hardwoods and then you were also team Terra, um before you decided to go here in Manila in
1: 2016. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So both of those companies I started, uh, they're both kind of in the residential construction or contracting um, arena. The trade I learned from my father was I end wood floor refinishing and and renovating uh so that was the when my parents left atlanta about a year later i decided to go ahead and start a company in that business in that because i had the experience and contacts the other one was a property damage restoration company where when when floods and fires damage property it's Mm. like insurance claims lucrative but really stressful and uh, I ended up selling both of those companies in 2012 to my partners. So I was able to kind of liquidate my, my equity. Wow. And about a year later, I was doing some work with a company from the US, publicly traded company that was opening a few markets in Asia. Mm. Somebody invited me to come with him. One of my friends was also helping that company was coming to Manila and said, hey, why don't you go with me? Okay. A little, a little skipping backwards. When I was 19, which is not on my LinkedIn, I don't think, Okay, I got invited to go to Japan All right, to help build a house. Ooh. And it was an American-style home with American materials and American labor. And I said yes. And that changed me, I think, quite a bit. So I lived in Japan wow. for three months. And this plays in because in 2013, when I got invited to go to Manila, I just said yes. And part of the reason was I... Wanted my kids to see what the world looks like, not just through the U.S., like living in the U.S. is kind of myopic. So, uh, so yeah, we ended up moving. ended up moving my family here in 2014. Um, my kids were eight and six at the time. And,
2: yeah, it's become home. So There you go. That's amazing. Very last question before we take our first break. Right. Um, after that, then you went uh, to work with Ravi. Garwal? and engage Spark, technically, and again, one of the very first OGs in the startup ecosystem here. But um, what was that experience like? So you, you're now in Manila, but in 2016 to 2018, you were uh, doing this startup hustle already. What was that like? It was a lot of learning. That was the first time I started doing uh,
1: B2B enterprise sales. First time I touched the NGO world, hiring, starting to hire teams in the Philippines. That was kind of the, the first experience i got doing a lot of interviewing hiring and training here yeah it was a lot of learning made a lot of good contacts there that is amazing
2: all right now let's take our first break and when we come back we will now talk about how you guys ended up linking up together and how that eventually turned into emerge ph well let's talk about that more after the break hey i'm ryan reynolds at mid mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot Hey, Hustlers, how are companies like Pizza Hut, Tech in Asia, and Love Bonito saving $28,000 a year? Well, Aspire is an all-in-one finance solution designed for modern businesses. Over 15,000 companies across Asia are using Aspire to streamline business financial processes, saving both time and money. Now, Aspire understands the demand of your business, and these are their offers lightning fast international transfers enabling money movement across 130 plus countries the best fx rates with no hidden fees ensuring transparency and multi-currency accounts in u.s dollars euros Great British Pounds, Singaporean Dollar, Indonesian Rupiah, and more, facilitating transactions in multiple currencies. And guess what? Opening an account can be done 100% online, making access to a global business account effortless. Aspire works with thousands of startups across Asia, offering an easy way to open a business account to receive investments from VC's. Aspire is backed by global top-tier VCs, including Sequoia and Y Combinator, and has been recognized by CB Insights as one of the top 100 most promising fintechs globally. Join over 15,000 businesses across Asia that have already made the switch to Aspire and experience the future of business finance. For more details, visit AspireApp.com. That's dot com. Again, that's AspireApp.com. And let's make business finance simple, integrated, and borderless together. We're living in weird times, so EsquireMag.ph is here to remind you about all things that matter, from current events, culture, style, food, money, cars, so you can have a feeling and can form an opinion about all aspects of the world you live in. EsquireMag.ph, the single best source for everything you love, intelligent and stylish, timely and timeless, substantial and irreverent and a little bit weird. Everything that matters is here. EsquireMag.ph And we're back in the Rick. We are still with Eli Harrell. And, of course, Gladys Polarca, who then told us their origin story, but the story ain't done yet because we haven't even talked about how you guys linked up. But I'll, I'll take it up from where we left off from Eli. So, again, you've been doing all these hustles. What I want to find out is how you went from the the hustle and bustle of the concrete city of Manila. And how did that end up bringing you down south to a more chill vibe in Cebu? Can you talk about that? Actually, I started out in Cebu when, when I oh. moved here in 2014.
1: Okay. Uh, Cebu. Cebu was always my home base. Um, I did work in Manila for a couple of years back and forth. A lot, okay. of, a lot of commuting. Yeah. A lot of delayed flights too, for sure. <laughs> Sadly, I have yes. experienced too much of that. Oh, but there's man. the occasional one that goes on time or even early. I What's know, I I, like, whoa,
2: <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? It's so weird, right? So, okay, but what was that uh, when you then decided that, all right, I'm done with the Manila grind? Is it, because uh, again, this is very interesting. Now you also was it, or were a teacher in Southwestern University. And again, you are now uh, doing the grind with um, Valhalla, right? What was that like?
1: Yeah, so I started Valhalla in the end of or beginning of 2019 with mm-hmm. a couple, a uh, father and son entrepreneur tandem, who I think very highly of and where we had a lot of values alignment. Mm-hmm. I'd known them for quite a while. And um, we wanted to create, we wanted to be in business for more impact. And so we built a software development consulting company that helps purpose driven, impact driven startups around the world. Okay that's the podcast that I run is products with purpose kind of spun off of that company originally. Yeah. So, and, and Garrick and I, the, my co-founder in Valhalla, we have a deep commitment to personal growth and self-teaching. So this is a lot of, a lot of the principles that go into Emerge PH are also what we built Valhalla off of Mm. Um, Southwestern sort of an invite from the, because I was friends with the Dean of the business school and mm. when they were getting the MBA program started, I've done a little bit of, kind of just, a little bit of uh, adjunct faculty support, which was a, a really a fun experience and a lot of learning, but uh, just part time, kind of yeah. basically unpaid.
2: All right, <laughs> 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 doing out of love, they, technically. Yeah. But I'll now jump back into uh, the story with, with Gladys. So again, before we we talked to uh, to Eli, you were talking about that that pivotal <laughs> moment. I want to understand while you're also doing this grind uh, as well, how did that pivotal moment of changing your mindset happen? And where does that, how did that take you to working with Eli? Did that happen when you met Eli? And, and describe to me how that change happened. Was it sudden? Was it abrupt? Or is that like a gradual thing? Because here's the thing. When you're changing a mindset, especially if mm-hmm. it's generationally instilled with you, that ah uh, you know and uh, when you're poor again and i've experienced this before until now as you break norms you have to battle with several things first off is you have to battle with your family's norms like oh sure. don't don't just settle you need to be contented you mm-hmm. need to be happy with what you have you know god gave you that that's all you have blah 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 those are things and that's not just about someone it's the whole family telling you that Right. Number two, it's the limiting beliefs that you've already instilled in yourself that, ah, I can only do this right because they're right. Right. And number three, of course, is the real facts that you know you just really don't have the the resources that you're gonna play play with. And it looks daunting. A lot of people just refuse to even start just because it looks like a tall order and impossible thing. And again, it takes time to battle all those three. Cause even if you're far away. Those three try to come knocking at your door <laughs> every once in a while. Your 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 past will will come knocking until now. I still battle it, especially when I'm surrounded with my with those people that used to say that, right? Because as you also start making progress, and people don't understand how the hell you're trying to you're able to do that, they're going to try to bring you back down, right? So that's the sad reality. But how did that change happen to you? And then walk me through. How that led you to uh, meeting Eli?
3: Yeah, so I made a commitment when I felt that burnout. I made a commitment to myself that I want to make a change. And just making that decision first, I don't know how it would look like, but I'm definitely committed to improving my life. And all of a sudden, I thought, okay, I need to I need to make sure that I prioritize my own self, my own habits. Like, how can I make myself feel better? And I look at my job, you know, working as a BPO, it doesn't, it's not very healthy for me because I couldn't get enough, you know, rest. But I couldn't quit my job right away. So instead I acquire different skills, like you know, learning how to be an online teacher, learning about virtual assistant type of work. And in my spare time, instead of grinding and working trying to get money, I use those spare time to work out, build uh, you know, a routine of maybe meditation, those kind of things. And during Odette, when the typhoon with that hits, yep. it destroys my house. And that oh, actually no. allow me to make a decision of, hey, this is my time, or let me see it as an opportunity to actually get out of that environment. I'm neighboring okay. with my sisters, neighboring with other neighbor who has, as he said, a lot of limiting belief mm-hmm. that actually anchors me. Mm-hmm. So when I take the leap of removing myself in that environment, and deciding, okay, let me find a place to rent. I'm not sure if I can pay for it, but I know I'm a very good hustler. Like, I hustle so yeah. much. I, I'm a hardworking person, so I can do it. And just by removing myself and being in a much better environment, subdivision, my kids were starting to asking to ask me, mom, are we rich now? We now have a better <laughs> yeah that just inspires me I'm like this is the kind of life that I want to provide for myself and for my kids Mm -hmm. and a lot of opportunities just arrived during that moment now that I'm in a better space now that I have an environment where there's no outside voice telling me what to do now I can listen to my own voice and actually decide What are the opportunities that I can create for myself? Instead of waiting for opportunity to come, creating my own opportunity reaching out to people. I've deactivated Facebook for like two years. And when I reactivate Facebook, I decided like this time I'm only going to connect to people that can bring value into my life. And that's when I saw Eli. He has this podcast product products with purpose, and I thought hmm, maybe this person can tell me what my purpose in life. Let me reach out to this person, and we started exchanging messages. We met for coffee, and he had different views, especially when it comes to education, being homeschooled, and like I couldn't wrap my mind around it because mm-hmm. I I'm in this path of you need to graduate college, acquire a diploma to land a better job.
2: Yep, that's the Filipino yeah. path that, we're, uh, generationally, we were taught to do.
3: Exactly. Right, and if you
2: don't do that path, you are a disappointment, unfortunately. Yeah. Right, so that was, I was also contrarian that I, I, I winged myself to school, but I acquired so many things outside of school or in the side world that basically catapulted me to where I am now. But I, I want to. Uh, ask one more thing. So again, all that leap of faith, you took that leap of faith. That's very, that's the entrepreneurial jump. We, we always call it because basically jumping into the unknown takes a lot of courage, right? Even if you don't, have, and we always say it, right? In a, an entrepreneurial leap of faith is jumping off of a cliff and trying to build a plane as you go down without trying to kill yourself. <laughs> Even if you don't know what the hell, what the hell is in, in funny. But again, it takes a lot of candor to yeah. Make that jump what how did you not wilt and just go back? Because a lot of people get scared,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: here's here's a perfect example. A lot of people that listen to this podcast are in corporate, okay? They're in the safe they're in the, that safe zone that they're in. they're feel they're feeling the itch. They're feeling the pull of the cliff. but some of them do jump. some of them don't. But since you took the jump, what was that liberating feeling and how did you make sure you don't hit the cliff or hit the ground after you took the jump?
3: What was really helpful for me is because I've experienced that. I had this thinking of, am I in the right direction or should I just turn around and go mm-hmm. back? Because that's the known that's part. Safe. That's safe. That's the safe part that I'm yeah. familiar with. Even though, I'm familiar with the struggle of life that I'm doing there. Yep. This this road here seems promising, but I'm not really sure if I can reach mm. there. But I still went on, continue, and it's because I surround myself with amazing thinkers. I surround myself with people who... Also strive to improve their life to be better. And I think for me, that's like before we, we start emerge, I created a community in Cebu. Like I've invited my friends in different aspect of their life. I, I was able to attract people who are CAO at their 27, who mm. are, you know, young, young Filipinos who's traveling all over the place. And I'm not doing that, but just being around them gives me so much energy, enthusiasm, and hope that, you know what? Maybe I can do this. Maybe I can pull it off. And with Eli as well, he's like my coach at the same time. I'm learning nice. so much from him as we go. So that was really, that That allows me to build that plane, build that amazing people around me.
2: Sounds good. So Eli, when when uh, Gladys reached out, what was that experience like? And how did that eventually lead into creating Emerge PH? So 2021, I was single that whole
1: year and we actually first connected on Tinder back in April, 2021, but we never oh, met. Wow. <laughs> and I guess Facebook reconnected us somehow because who knows what Facebook, you know, why did Facebook, uh, recommend me to her? I don't know, but yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. We <laughs> So we had coffee. I found her to be an exceptional person, thinker, and, um, We just got to be friends over the next four or five months. The more I got to know her, the more I saw in her things that I actually had this tick box of, I really, I, for five, six, seven, I don't know, at least seven or eight years, I've intentionally been looking for humans that are in some way on a growth journey. Like they've taken, they've made a decision to take ownership of their own future selves and i could really see in gladys a lot of the things that i admire in people that i respect and the more i spent time with her the more interested i was to go a little deeper and so we had actually been together for almost a year when she started saying hey i really want to launch that thing you've been talking about
0: mm-hmm.
1: and emerge was a vision that i'd had for 8 years actually i, I wow. the logo i originally created the logo emerge Nice. 2015.
2: So I've I've been thinking about this for a long time. Now, and why did you want to solve this problem? Because again, it's the problem that we know that generationally have been there, and unfortunately, again, not everybody has the the, the guts of Gladys to take that leap. Again, yeah. because the society-wise, not just here in the Philippines, but around the world, uh, things. If you actually look at other cultures per se. All of them are more repressive towards uh, you being able to take that jump. Because mm-hmm. historically, again, again there's so many layers to impact there. But here is we were a little bit more empowered to take that leap. Yeah. But still a very so so few take that leap, right? Why did you want to choose this? And what was the solution you had in mind to help empower five million more Gladys to take that leap? Well said.
1: My own journey coming from the US. First twenty years, even though I was an entrepreneur, so there's two different kind of leaps here we're talking about. Sometimes we're talking about the leap from employment to being an entrepreneur, and that does require that that will thrust you into a lot of uncomfortable and scary situations that will either grow you or or probably you know kill you or you go back, right? Mm-hmm. But there's another type of leap which is is taking personal ownership of crafting your future self and taking ownership of your own learning and growth. and and um you don't need to become an entrepreneur for that. I was an entrepreneur for 15 plus years chasing dreams. So I wanted I had, I had ideas of freedom that I wanted to create for myself and my family. And I was really focused on working super hard. So I was focusing on the having and the doing, the doing so that I could have. And I was totally not focusing on who I was becoming. I was never asking myself, who do I actually want to become? Who am I now? Am I happy with who I am? I wasn't thinking about anything. I wasn't looking inward at all. Right. And it was in my late 30s that I started realizing I'm unhealthy. I'm unhappy. I don't actually, there's a lot of things about myself I don't really like. I don't feel progress in myself. And I'm actually not that happy with the way I'm achieving my goals on the outside because I've got issues. I've got emotional problems sometimes where I'm 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 having relationship issues, like a lot of a lot of things. And so I got on a very I gradually and then and then more aggressively kind of got on this. Journey of self-development. Started reading a lot of books, listening to different podcasts, surrounding myself with different people. And oh my God, the layers of the onion that I started discovering of, of how much there was to learn about myself and how right. people and how people work led me to just all kinds of exciting feelings of growth. Like loved it, right? And I'll just kind of keep this short story as short as I can. But being in the Philippines, meeting tons and tons of amazing people here that I saw so much potential in having these conversations where I could see people really also wanted the same thing. They wanted, they wanted that internal locus of control and they wanted to feel that progress. I would share with them a lot of times resources that inspired me, but those stories didn't relate for them because they were people from other places. Right. And so a long, long time ago, I realized like somebody has to tell stories of people from here, from struggle, who have turned themselves into someone that other people would respect and be able to learn from, even if they're not rich and they're not famous, they're just people who've grown. And so that's really where the first step in what we're trying to do with Emerge is, if you look at our YouTube channel, you'll see a lot of stories we've already done, Mm -hmm. which are just regular people. And I say regular people because they came from struggle or regular places who have turned into freaking amazing people because of the way they responded to struggle and the way they've taken ownership of their own selves and the, you know their own learning and their own growth. So the, the first inflection point was we've got to remove the can't story because yep. if you think, if you think your situation is so limiting that you can't, well, you won't maybe, but if you see, if you see somebody who grew up just down the street from you, who had it very similar to you and maybe worse, and you're like, oh my God,
2: this person has become amazing. Like maybe I can't keep saying can't. Hmm. And that's that's that choice, right? And sometimes it's not zero sum, and that's what I always say. A lot of people, when you're brainwashed with so many limiting beliefs, sometimes they resort to just being thinking zero sum or binary, where you see either yeah. yes or no, right? right. And majority right. of the time, the world operates in a gray area, yeah, right. And when when, when you see people, the, the default easy thing to do is when you when you see a Gladys break through that glass ceiling like oh she's whatever you try to get everyone down where in reality the default that we should do is like hey Gladys how do you do it I want to follow teach me and you have that humility within yourself that hey I want to grow too instead of like oh let's pull her down because she she broke the norm for everybody else there you go so <laughs> I want to now understand so this is a very deep why and I, I I understand it. I'm pretty sure our, our listeners now understand why this is so personal to you. But it's a daunting task. How do you plan to solve this at scale? I mean, I mean, you've already done an amazing job creating content. But what's the Thank overall you. vision that you guys want to do to really help this uh, and help more Gladyses? How, how many are how far along are you from the 5 million so far? <laughs> Just kidding. But yeah, um, how do you want to do this at scale?
1: All right, so I have, a, I have this theory, and it's through a lot of observation, through just getting to know so many people across this country. I think there are already a lot of people, small percentage but large number of people, dotted all over the place, kind of alone, who have already gotten onto somewhat of a personal development journey, like taking some ownership, even if it's like what Gladys's first step was: I'm I'm going to start working out, right? And she just took ownership of, ownership of that, and she transformed her physical self and like nice. how good does that feel when you take that when you take that internal ownership, right? Um I've met many, many, many people who I was completely shocked at the kind of books they were reading, the podcasts they were listening to, the kind of the kind of the thinking, but they're totally alone most of the time. There's a lot of times you know you you start on that journey and like I was alone and Gladys was kind of alone, your family and friends that you grew up with are very unlikely to have gotten on that journey at the same time. So step number one is just connect those people together is just create a space where Community. those people can support each other and learn from each other and not feel alone. Because then it's like, oh, I'm not crazy. Like you, you you, are much less tempted to go backwards when you've got you know some validation that you're not insane. Right.
2: Yeah, that's the first step. Sounds good. All right, now let's take our last break. And when we come back, we will now talk about the other next steps on how you're going to do it and how we're going to solve this problem. And again, we're also going to talk about the product and what they're trying to build. But let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, hustlers. Wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance scan and pay with QRPH and phones and the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking so if you're ready to elevate your banking experience download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor Dragon Pay is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e wallets, crypto, buy now pay later and many more they also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month dragon pay is your trusted choice for online payments and here's something to show you how legit dragon pay is dragon pay was named fintech of the year at last year's philippine fintech festival in 2020 so let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the dragon For more details, head on over to DragonPay.ph. That's DragonPay.ph. Trust the pioneer. Trust DragonPay. And we're back from the break. We are still with Eli and Gladys that told us the amazing story of how they really want to help a lot of you guys break those ceilings. But you you established prior to to the break the big problem. But again, what's the other layers of the solution? You already put the first layer that you wanted to do, build a community. Well, what's up ahead for you guys that uh, that are things? Because we need to professionalize this. And prior to us starting, you were talking about getting coaches and whatnot. What will be an Emerge PH? Or what's an Emerge PH now that people can take advantage of?
1: Yeah, great question. Gladys, you want to jump in first?
3: Yeah, I'm actually very excited that we have officially launched our community Merge PH community through Mighty Networks and we are already doing events inside a community a small cohort base and like stretch and accountability group that really helped me personally and it's so inspiring to see other people have grown and accomplish something in that just short period of time with that intimate group and there's so much more that I will let Eli share
2: what's in there like again if it helped Gladys <laughs> I, I'm now super curious I might just jump in myself <laughs> if I can find time there's too many hustle I'm in hustle mode I'm, I'm playing whack-a-mole and um, and I only have two hammers I'm doing two hands now with the whack-a-mole <laughs> and there's 500 million freaking moles I yeah, have to whack yeah I know that feeling Oh, man. But um, what's in there, Eli, uh, that, again, the last talk about that, that, uh, that helped her and a lot more?
1: Yeah. So if, I think um, if you zoom out and you look at the world that we're in right now, where social media has turned a lot of our attention to, to the point where it's very diffuse, you know, we're, we're spreading attention across a lot of different media and a lot of different people. I think the future is that people are gonna get they're getting burnt out a bit on that, and that we have a need for deeper connection and we want to have more focused learning. And so I think what we need is to select communities to learn from. Like the biggest hack for learning is figure out who are the people you respect the most, yep. follow those people and figure out who did they learn from. Like how did they turn into who they are? It's just yes. it's, it's a spider web, right? So I think in creating community, A lot of the problems can be solved simply through community because curating the quality people is our job in the beginning. And then as the community grows and we have more and more ambassadors, we have more and more amazing people to support us in in that process. So basically what you're going to find, there are events with people who we consider incredible. So coaches and mentors, not just from the Philippines, but from other countries. And we are typically inviting people who have. Some understanding or knowledge of this culture, or at least really care about it. So, partnering with other people that are great coaches and mentors and creating all kinds of amazing events and courses, also partnering with other platforms to provide things like mental health, mental health conversations over chat, things like that. And then, really, the big goal is to create a learning runway to help people become really good self teachers. Like, that's the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is. That, that people that are part of this community that are on, that are kind of, it's not a learning track where, okay, come to our courses forever. It's come join this community and become a better and better self-teacher. So learn how to learn with people who are doing the same thing or maybe are
2: a little bit further on that journey than you. That is amazing. Can, but can we be more specific? What type of coaching and whatnot? Just, I love the, the goal because once you have established that habit of being a self-learner, you act, you don't actually need anyone to coach you anymore. You are your own boss. You're you're your own coach. But again, uh, as as a as a society, a lot of people by default, it starts in school. It starts at at home. Yeah. people are taught to do what they are, uh, what they need to do. And I see this every damn day in in <laughs> in those companies that I work with. That's why it's such an amazing feeling. When you have core team members in your team that are self-learners. And all I need to do, okay, this is the problem. I don't know how to solve it. Can we solve, can we solve it together? Can you find a way to freaking solve it? And that's what it takes. But again, I'd say 95% of the time, people that are great, and I'm not saying that they're not good. They're amazing at doing things, but they need to be carved a path. And, you know, they need to be told what to do in order to to do that. But again, how do you break that cycle to be a self-learner from the get-go when that wasn't there from the get-go? It takes a lot of unlearning as well in order uh, to to create new habits.
1: True. It's a process and everybody starts in different places. It's it's, um, fairly complex. So people need different things at different times in their lives. And... Uh, one of the things that we're working on is an assessment so that people, when people come in to the community, they would be able to do an assessment to see how they feel about their own ownership of their own learning and growth. And and we have this, uh, basically we're calling it the the life, um, the limitless life wheel and kind of breaking all the different sections of an amazing life into spokes, for example, your energy, which be your fitness and health relationships. So kind of helping people do an assessment of where they, how they feel about their entire self with personal growth at the center and and then helping them decide on where should they focus most in maybe you would want to connect with these coaches and mentors for these events. And as we build it out, we're just going to be learning as well because we've never built communities like this before. So there's going to be a lot of learning and we'll be, I think also excellent communities need to be built by the community. So it's not just us. Deciding what's right—it's—it's it's as the bigger we get and the, the more people we pull into this community, the more we'll have um, people that can help us decide what direction to go and what to build next. But um, the last thing I'll say on that topic is: mm. Have you heard of Toastmasters before? It's like a public speaking club. Yes. So I have a vision to create a tech platform that would give people the ability to create their own small clubs for communication and confidence learning. And so there's there's some models where we we want to not just create events, not just give people access to coaches and mentors, but also have multiple ways that people can create and collect, create small clubs of, let's say you want to do a book club or you want to do a public speaking club and to be able to do these inside the community and attract the right people who need that right now without all the noise outside. Yeah, yeah, and that's why we want to move people away from social media. We decided not to do this on Facebook. It's a little bit harder to get people into mighty networks, but we want to get people kind of let's
2: let's move away from
1: social media and into a community. All the dancing so, on
2: TikTok—that's hard to ignore sometimes. <laughs> so. <laughs>
1: but hey, we're putting content on TikTok too because
2: that's where we got to start. Yeah, right? You gotta give you gotta give them lures to lure them in. That's it. <laughs> exactly. But again, that is so amazing. Thank you so much, guys, for such an amazing episode. But again, let's not end this without an invite. A lot of people are now lured in listening to this episode where do they go if they want to join you guys be part of the community and start their personal growth story gladys
3: yeah i would love to invite everyone to check out our youtube channel emerge ph that's where you get to see people that we interviewed and be inspired by their story too and those people are also the same people that's inside our community and more Mm -hmm. And for the community, you can just go to EmergePH.com and hit join and you're
2: welcome to the tribe. Welcome to the tribe, indeed. But before I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any type of podcast app. And if we also did say some jargon, it's going to be shown us on share.com. And lastly, please do give us a support if you like what we're doing. We have a community as well of Hustle Share listeners and hustlers. You can join it and premium hustle And again, Eli and Gladys, thank you very much. Ronster, thank, thank, thank you so much. All right. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.